This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! This week, AEW Fight Forever invites you to a stadium stampede. PS5's new handheld now has a name and a price point. Gamescom is here, and we talk about all of the highlights from that event. And in our final stage, I review Immortals of Avion for the PS5. All this and more in this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra Select Start, dedicated to the life and legacy of Terry Funk and Wyndham Rotunda, a.k.a. Bray Wyatt. Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. Select start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. and welcome back to another game-filled edition of Select Start, the video game podcast for ACMG Presents Talk Time Live and TalkTimeLive.com. I am your host, Xavier Josiah, and as much as I should be excited about this weekend as a wrestling fan, it's becoming very hard to because of the recent news that it just happened. If you're a wrestling fan, you know. If you're a hardcore wrestling fan, then you were already kind of celebrating the life of Terry Funk or mourning the life I would prefer to celebrate the life because when you're that when you have lived that long like Terry Funk has and be able to do the things that Terry Funk has done and restructure the industry like he did and help pay pay it forward like he did it's a celebration of his life he lived his life the way he wanted to and um lived it to the fullest and I man I would love for them to do a movie based on him that's how great his life was going up I mean even though he went through some hardships and some you know painful physicality you know with you know what he did in the ring and his body and everything but his stories he has so many stories that can be drawn up into one major awesome movie um it could be Oscar winning if you really know about the history of what that man has done and has been through and how he lived and everything just fantastic so you know hearts thoughts and prayers to family friends and fans of terry funk of course a day later we get the tragic news and this one's tragic because when to me when somebody dies at a young age and they still got so much of their life to do and things to do and it gets cut short that's a tragedy living till like you're 80 90 and you've done so much in your life to me that is a celebration that you and you left a legacy behind this gentleman left a legacy too but not in the way that people knew he could have and the way he probably wanted but he did it he did his job to the fullest um and he will be remembered for a lot of reasons and that is Wyndham rotunda we know him as bray wyatt also mike rotunda's father for those who are in the hardcore wrestling community if you will too uh, he recently, it was been released that he, uh, 
passed away of a heart attack, mostly due to COVID that he uh, suffered through during the times people. This is what I'm telling you. I don't care how you do it, whether you want to get vaxxed or not, like take care of yourself. Make sure that you avoid getting in any type of situation that threatens your health. And um, it's unfortunate, man. He's a guy that's going to be remembered for Bis being a really awesome talent, a really great personality, but also a guy who was held back from what he could really do for the industry and in that ring. Um, not of his own doing. Absolutely not of his own doing, but the decision making of, you know, the company that he worked for. Not in particularly everybody in that company. There were some people in that company who had a great vision for him. And then there was someone who with more power that didn't care or see that decision made. And for that, you know, I would say it, it, it kind of really held him back a bit. Um, it's the reason why I left my job. It's the reason why, you know, stuff like that happens when I feel like I got a value that I can contribute and you're not letting me contribute. I'm going to go and help somebody else. I'm going to be that value to somebody else, or I'm going to definitely prove my own worth from that way. And that's exactly what I did. I wish he would have done the same thing. I, you know, I, I, it just, it's, it's utterly sad, but for what it's worth, like I said, you know, he turned polka dots into gold. And I, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, you know what that means. Um, rest in peace to, you know, to uh, Wyndham Rotunda, his family, friends, and fans once again. Um, and we're just in the cuffs of a monumental historical weekend for AEW, where they're in London right now at the Wembley Stadium. And tomorrow they're going to be having a hell of a show with 90,000 people or 80,000 people. It's a record amount of people. Let's just put it like that. And um, this is going to segue into the first thing I want to talk about, too. Um, you know, they're having a major event called All In. And as part of the weekend, they unleashed the premiere, the debut of Stadium Stampede onto AEW Fight Forever. Um, so all this is supposed to be like a big deal and then all this came in. So I don't know how the vibe of the, the weekend is going to be with two major passings within 24 hours in the wrestling industry. So we'll see, but, um, we're going to make the best of it. We're going to celebrate both of them to our best. This whole entire episode is dedicated to their lives. Rest in peace. And thank you for the entertainment that you brought us and, you know, for whatever time, if you got to see either or both and you enjoyed their talents and their efforts and their, and their, you know, contributions, you know, show your love and respect. Like, here's the deal. I'm even going to go back to WWE 2K and rock with the, uh, when rock with the, uh, Bray Wyatt DLC that they just put out not too long ago. I, it makes me wonder if they actually were aware of the situation because Nobody knew the status of Bray Wyatt and what was going on. He kept us really quiet, and but they recently put him out in, as a DLC package, like different variations of um, Bray Wyatt is in the game now. And but he was, from what I understand, because I haven't watched it, he's not been on TV for quite a while. So I think this might have been them knowing about it and paying tribute to that. And if that's the case, much respect to WWE on that case. Um, for that, I'm even because I really respected Bray Wyatt so much and what he could have been and what he's done 
I am actually even going to watch it. I'm going to take a look at, you know, SmackDown tonight in hopes that they actually turn it into a tribute show for him because he damn sure deserves it. He absolutely deserves it. Um, so we'll, I, we'll see because, you know, AEW did a Brody Lee tribute that was just unfreaking believable. And it, the, the connection between Brody Lee and, and, and Bray Wyatt is crazy because they used to be all the Wyatt, you know, family together. So we'll see how did they how they handle that situation. And hopefully they'll do it some justice. Hopefully they'll pay him respect the way that they have for Eddie Guerrero. And unfortunately, Chris Benoit, even though before we even knew what ha what the real deal was with Chris Benoit, um, we'll see what happens from that point. But here, you know, it is, you know, an unfortunate situation. Going back to AEW, um, they, as I mentioned, they announced that uh, Fight Forever was coming. It's here, and I got a chance to finally get my hands on it. I played it for both the PlayStation 5 and the Nintendo Switch version. And I got to say, it started off a little bit of bumpy because they, and there was people had trouble getting access to it, but they troubleshooted that real quick, and everybody's when everybody was able to get access into it now. And um, I got to say, I've never been a Fortnite fan ever. Maybe it's because it's just the whole shooting aspect of it um, and all that stuff. But you add wrestling to the mix and you may have me. And in fact, after playing this about like maybe six times already, three times on the PlayStation, um, three times on the PlayStation 5 and three times on the Switch. Uh, no pun intended. I'm all in. I really enjoyed it. In fact, I enjoyed it so much. Two times I made it as one of the last people and made it in almost one. Two times I made it to second place. Um and it was it was a it's a very fun thing. Now I was uh, I was expecting, you know, a, having the ability to use your entire control scheme, but for some reason they couldn't. So it's like a very simplified, very, very simplified control scheme that just allows you to strike the opponent with like, you know, a, a regular strike and a huge strike. And then you can gra grapple and slam them for a bit. And you can also use different weapons. So they they dumbed it down. They dumbed the control scheme down to Fortnite level. Like, cause Fortnite is nothing really hugely constructive. It's very, it's, it's a very simplistic style of gameplay, but easy to control, hard to master. That's pretty much what Kenny Omega's always said about what Fight Forever was and the Aki engine was. This is kind of the same thing. It's very simple, very easy to do, but hard to grapple and hard to get around. But you have this entire huge stadium that you could go into in different areas, different corridors. And just like Fortnite, you can't stay there for long because they will, you know, the whole area will shrink. So you got to get to that middle. But you can strategize for the whole thing. There's 30 people in there. It's pretty much a 30, uh, 30 person battle royal. And again, I've had really no trouble getting in once they fix that situation on both of those, um, both of those situ uh, both of those platforms. Um, I, you know, of course, being on the PlayStation Five, it's going to be a lot faster to load up and process. But I will definitely say the Nintendo Switch was not the loading time and wait time was excuse me was not that bad as well so um i enjoyed both of them i enjoyed both gameplays uh but it, it was on the nintendo switch where i think i actually almost excelled much better i managed 
well, no, on a PS5, I was able to take out two people, which was awesome. I actually did a video footage of my first or second one through because the first time I went with as Kenny Omega, but I didn't, I realized that people were able to use their creative characters in there. So I switched out to use my creative character and that was pretty awesome. So I, the footage that I have that's on threads right now at Xavier underscore Josiah and on the ACMG Facebook group is with my, uh, with my creative character, my avatar, if you will. So I enjoyed that immensely and it was a lot of fun and I just couldn't believe I was able to get as far as I did. Even on the, uh, the PlayStation 5 video footage, I was like the top five, the last of the top five. So I was definitely able to get through with any issue or no problem. And it was a lot of fun. I, it was a hell of a lot of fun. I think that that gameplay will be really good for this weekend. It is a great way to help AEW established because they're actually also going to have a real stadium stampede at Wembley Stadium with uh, Eddie Kingston and uh, what is it? Eddie Kingston, best friends, and Penta is going to take on uh, what is it? Uh, the the BCC and Santana and Ortiz who made their return and it's it should be it should be crazy. It is it's going to be every bit as crazy as what we see. The thing is. The stadium stampede used to be an empty arena match pretty much and this one there's gonna be people there it's just gonna be people everywhere so it's gonna be chaotic and you got a deal where it's like eighty thousand or eighty plus thousand people or even ninety thousand people or whatever like that um it's gonna be in the stadium and it's, it's just gonna be chaos I, it, all, every stadium stampede that they've had so far has been awesome so I, and the fact that Santana and Ortiz are back in this one, cause they were involved in the original, uh, stadium stampede. This should be great. I I'm, I'm looking forward to this and, uh, it should be a banger. So, but if you know, we got another mode, we got another mode in this game and that's pretty awesome. Not only did we get another mode, but they also did a lot of update fixes to the uh, game as well on all the platforms. Now. I will say the Nintendo Switch one now has a new bug issue, so to speak. Um, I, I'm playing through as Mox right now in the Road to Elite, and there's some color discoloration glitches that is happening on there that I gotta report up if nobody has caught that. But it doesn't crash the game, it doesn't take away from the game, but it's just a visual annoyance in this case. And I don't know if it had anything to do with the recent update, because I remember I, when I was playing it, before the update, I had th this issue wasn't a thing. Um, and now it's coming up and I wonder if it has to do with the new update. So hopefully they will catch that for the new update. And we're still looking for the other, you know, DLC that we're supposed to be getting soon and other modes and whatnot. They also provided new costumes for certain uh, people. Adam Cole has new gear and they also released gold, the gold gear for some of the wrestlers too. Um, Luchasaurus also is, uh, has his black uh, gear on, which is awesome. Um, who else? Sting has new face paint and, uh, shirts now that he can wear. Uh, what was it? Jay Cargill has new extra, um, gear too. Mox has new gear. So they are slowly but surely making improvements. Just people, all these whining people online have to be patient. And 
I mean, again, I'm going to say it until it's not. We live in a short, uh, we live in a short attention society where people have to have things right now. Those same people are not educated to understand the process of how these things happen. And all they keep doing is just, it, I don't, I, I think it's rather people who are just uneducated with the understanding of the, the development process to people are just constantly trolling and review bombing and all this stuff. And I, again, I said it before in my last episode, think about all the time you're wasting doing something like that and all the energy that you're doing being that toxic and negative. Why? What are you missing out of your life? What are you so bitter and resentful about in your life that is leading you to displace your anger out on a post in a comment into a company that if you were in, if you were in their shoes would have been going through the same thing? Why would you do to others what you wouldn't want to be done to yourself? I get it. We live in such a a, a very stressful time, but how much of that stress is being put on by us what, what, what part of accountability are we taking in our own lives like when i grew up i i was a spoiled brat and i did some really rowdy shady stuff back in the day hanging around the wrong people and all that stuff but it was a point in my life that i had to say like look i need to stop being spoiled i need to stop ask you know begging and asking for everything i need to stop um you know getting myself in this trouble because it's not the fault of life itself i'm not just a product of the environment but i'm also a person who chooses how he lives in that environment and i chose not to live like that or make those decisions anymore and i changed my narrative and because i changed my narrative the direction that i went and the direction that other people went when they do the same thing is you know it's a far more positive outcome than anything i it's not an easy road to go to but it's much easier to be a jerk and a troll, but it's dangerous too. It's much is it's as easy as taking a drug, but not a dr taking drugs is not the best thing to do. You're, it's going to turn out ugly. It's going to turn out deadly. Being toxic and negative has a psychological effect that is harming to not not just the person that you're targeting. It's harmful to the person that is giving it. So I'm just saying like, why waste your time doing it? The game is going to progress and it's starting and it's slowly but sure. It hasn't even been a year yet. The game only came out just a few months ago and you're begging for everything to come out at once. You're a dumbass, first of all, or you're just hurting from something else. And if that's the case, get help. Just admit that you're going through some things and get help that's what it comes down to using social media to vent your anger and displace your anger is not a healthy alternative it is not a mentally healthy alternative at all so this game is out this new mode is out and we're talking about we want new modes this is a new mode albeit it is online and i would i would too prefer to have some offline modes which i do believe going down the line we're going to have, and here's the thing, the reason, and I've said this before, the reason that I believe that they're doing this and why it's so slow pace, because people always tend to forget 
because they don't want to look back. They don't want to research the past. They don't want they. It, this is why I, you know, it's, it's funny how everybody defends WWE, but forgets all of the things that Vince has done in WWE and ignores it because, okay, now things are going good, but then we forget all the, all the crappy stuff that had happened before. And then it ends up happening again. And then you try to act the confirmation bias is deafening in that, in that uh, aspect. The reason why I believe for my, both my education and my hypothesis on this, the reason why I believe that they're taking their time one, they succeeded in doing something that 2k games and WWE did not do. And that is basically have a solid playable game on the Nintendo switch. A lot of you are often going to forget WWE 2k 18. I will not let you forget that because I went through hell like everybody else with that game. When they promised they had Seth Rollins do a promo and say that this game, he was not even playing the game. When he did that promo, by the way, he was pretending that he was playing the game on a the switch. There's no way he's telling me. And he was promoting this thing. Like it was to the moon, <laughs> if you will. And all of a sudden we get this game and it's like unfinished. It looks it's beyond beta. A lot of glitches, a lot of bugs. There were some decapitation of heads from characters in the story mode and it was just, it was horrible. It was extremely horrible. It it was, I, I, I still, I, I, I dare not to ever re-download that game on the Switch. It was Domp and still is the worst game ever to play on the Nintendo Switch. The worst. And so much so that 2K games have never dared try to do another Nintendo Switch game ever again. Because what they did is what I believe what they did is the opposite of what Ukes and, and AEW games are doing in THQ Nordic. They tried to put too much into a system that equals, you know, the, the, you know, putting that game on a PlayStation four or the PlayStation five is no problem because they have bigger processing power, but putting that on the Nintendo switch all at once without testing it for real, they put themselves in a bind and it became, un it was unable to play because there was just so much content in that game. They couldn't handle it. Now, granted that could be argued as well, because then you have games like breath of the wild. Wild, uh, you know, Witcher three wild hunt and a whole bunch of games that were able to port their games properly. So is it, is it the software or is it the lack of development that is going on with 2K games? Also take note that 2K games is also involved in Marvel Midnight Suns. And for some reason that was supposed to be on the Nintendo Switch. Even though I believe they're the publishers of that game, just the idea that they are tied in with that to me and the fact that that game is not coming on the Nintendo Switch was it, I'm still highly upset about. It's so disappointing. With so many other games that we thought would never be, for God's sakes, we're getting the Batman trilogy on the Nintendo Switch. At some point, who, who who's the who's at fault? 
<laughs> okay so what i believe with aew games are doing and they're at thq nordic is like they're taking their time and rightfully so so any of you trolls out there and all you guys that are trying to rush them it's not work first of all it's not working they're going to ignore you anyway so they're starving you as they should they're starving you to death as they should because you those people who are doing that are also people who've never done a any type of coding or development ever in their lives and you notice all the developers are not the ones that are commenting is all is these you know entitled bitter whiny fans out there that are doing this but none of them have any experience and understanding of how things are done they get their information it, they get fragments of information from you know headlines of articles or whatever and or posts or whatever like that they don't know it's one thing to have an understanding based on what you hear like when i interview people i i learned from what they're saying but you still don't understand completely how things are done unless you have experience in it unless you're actually in the field doing it and as a graphic designer and an artist who has worked in different areas and different parts of promotions and media events and all this stuff you really don't know people don't understand like how it how much work goes into just doing the show anything is just talking right now no i have notes that i write every week in here i go and buy video equipment camera equipment and all sorts of things to make sure that i provide the quality that i do for this show which is why i have the opportunities that i have because people when they see the quality that i provide they want in and you have to invest you got to invest time you got to invest effort you got to invest money and if you don't understand that and if, for those who do understand that they don't say they don't say they don't bring their energy onto social media and complain and, and bitch and moan about it they get it they don't do it only the idiots do <laughs> like that's that's what it comes down to and whenever you hear people talking and complaining on it these are people who don't understand aew started at the basic level with fight forever and it's just building it from the ground up and i think it's the smartest thing that you could possibly do for a genre that consists of a lot of content in there and for it to work on all three systems you got to bear all three of them down to the minimum to make sure that it all plays you know fluently instead with a with equal stability if you start with just giving putting everything on a plate that plate can spill and if you put too much on a plate it weighs you down it weighs it down weighs the plate down and it ends up spilling over they don't want to do that they're they're slowly putting things in to see what's going to work because you know when they start really filling things up it's going to go up to a point where maybe one thing isn't going to work some things are going to work for the xbox and the playstation but it may not work for the nintendo switch and that's what they need to find out but right now stadium stampede is stable on all platforms I played it with no problem, tr with no trouble on a Nintendo Switch. I played it with absolutely no trouble on a PS5 after they fixed that situation. It's a lot of fun. The game is a lot of fun as, in its core. And, I, you know, I haven't got a chance to um, 
to talk about Russell uh, Quest, and I'm going to do that this weekend, probably with Boris. I believe I am going to do that with Boris on Sunday night's main event and their po- extended podcast. We're going to talk about that. Um, people wanted to. I've heard comments. I've read comments of people saying that they 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 can't wait to play this game because they know they're going. This is going to be better than AEW Fight Forever. I'm just going to reserve my thoughts until I talk with Boris. And if we don't talk, then it's going to be next week when I talk about that game. And um, yeah, I don't think people are going to like what I'm going to say about that game. <laughs> so if you've seen reviews already, um, you might already know. But I'm telling you, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that game and why. It, no, it's not. It's not the uh, the fight forever killer. It, it, it won't be um so but if you've been waiting for this you know go out of your way play it check it out it's a lot of fun it's another mode you got some new content in there they fixed a few things they still got to work on some few things we're still waiting on that dlc which you know from the nintendo uh eShop, it's estimated that we should be getting the first bunny and and keith lee uh dlc Possibly soon. It, it's estimated by the end, by the 31st, but it, I think it might stretch out. I think it might stretch out into September. I don't know. We'll see, but hopefully we'll get a little bit more from there. We're supposed to be getting more mini games too. I don't really care much about the mini games. Like I like the mini games, but I'd rather, if I had a choice, I would screw the mini games and wait for the, for the next thing and just give me another match type, like a cage match or whatever like that. I really want a cage match in there i really want a tournament mode i really want like or even like an an old school arcade mode where you can um chase for the championship and defend the championship that's what no mercy did it's like once you won the championship then they had a storyline where you had to defend the championship when you play the game again with the other character so i know they said they wanted to mimic no mercy but and they kind of are but they're also kind of deviated from a lot of the situation on there too so um i'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do next with this i mean they they got a lot of feedback from people who asked for a lot of things i added on to that as well so um we'll see i'm i'm very much looking forward to it i'm hoping that we will get like an offline and online tournament mode will be awesome because i think that'll create more replay time i've said that before it will absolutely create more replay value to the game. Um, adding some more match types, like uh, again, how do you have a how do you have a game without a cage match? I don't need the I don't I want I want blood and guts in there, but I don't necessarily need it, especially because WWE 2K actually does have a good war games match in there. So if you know if they don't have the means to do it, that's fine. And, you know. It's not the end of the world, but a, just a traditional cage match will be awesome. Just fantastic. Uh, so we'll see. But again, this is Wembley uh, weekend, and uh, let's make the best of it and uh, enjoy ourselves with both the pay-per-view and the game right here. So, all right, let's uh, switch on to some PlayStation news here. PlayStation has finally provided a name for the handheld that they're announcing and a new price point 
as well as a estimated time of release here. Uh, the PlayStation introduced the new handheld known now as the PlayStation Portal. Its price point will be at $200, which I think is really good because it's not going to be the, the idea of this from what we all understand is that this is not going to be like a, a Nintendo Switch handheld. This is going to be an extension for those who want to play handheld, which by the way, it's very telling that they're creating once again, another handheld system for their console, which means they're acknowledging that more people are playing handheld games. You got the, the Steam Deck, you got the other PC deck that uh, access uh, um, deck that I think that people were playing, but I heard it wasn't that good. Um, Nintendo Switch is the most successful handheld of them all. And now they want to get in, but they're doing it kind of, I hate to say it, it's kind of a half-assed way because this is only a Wi-Fi console. Now, the question is, do you, do you only, can you only play this at home? Or can you take this with you on the road and have your Nintendo system on while you're playing and whatnot? It'll be interesting to see what exactly this thing can do. They didn't really give too much detail as to what this can do yet, but I'm going to follow up on this because one, $200 is not a bad price range for this. If it's only going to be a Wi-Fi extender for your console to play online while you're watching TV or whatnot. And two, I wonder if, because they have what it looks like the dual sense controller on there i'm wondering if it will have the same rumble capabilities the heptic uh adaptive you know uh features and everything from the dual sense if they have that on there that's actually a good deal i'm digging it i mean it's just a glorified you know controller you know wii u controller to be honest at the end of the day but you know if you if if it does everything and then the frame rates are all good and everything that could be worth it I'm, I may actually go for that. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind that. It said, uh, they said it's coming out later this year, probably near Christmas time, you know, holiday season, whatnot, no doubt. So, I'm looking forward to it. But, again, no info on the terms of long distance and, you know, the features yet. But I'm sure we're going to get that soon enough. But, you know, I, I had my doubts about this because it was like the, th the problem with PlayStation's side projects is not the hardware they've always made fantastic hardware in their side projects. The, the psvr i haven't tried it but i know it's a great you know quality um you know uh product that they have the ps vita which i own two of them the psp which i own two of them are like at the time they were better consoles than what nintendo was coming out with they have the capability of beating Nintendo at their own game. The problem comes in their decision to push the product. They don't, they don't back their products as well. They always come out with these I, it, to this day. I don't understand it. If you watch it every single time, if you watch when PSP first came out, they had some awesome games that can play games that were more powerful than whatever Nintendo, the Game Boy Advance or, you know, whatever came out at the time. You had like PlayStation 2 games on the PSP and it played fluently with, even with the uh, UMD cartridges and all the stuff. Um, it it played phenomenal. I'm looking at uh, Crisis Core right now on my desk. <laughs> you know, the, the UMDs played really, really well. And 
they never really fully supported the system. They just, they came out with a commercial or two, but their promo, their marketing for the product was just not there and it died out. Then they tried again. PS Vita allows you to play PlayStation 3 level games in this console and allows you to do a lot more things. You could also play, um, you know, Japanese imports on these things, no region, whatever like that. I mean, there's a lot of promise to this. Some great games came out of PS Vita. Again, barely any advertisement, barely any promotion for the product, and it died out. Meanwhile, every time, this was the time when the, the you know the Nintendo DS and the 3DS came out, which was that was their competition. And how the 3DS and the Nintendo and the, uh, Game Boy Advance still beat those two products is because Nintendo was smart enough. Nintendo, the company. That has been around for more than 130 years. Has understand how to market their products because they've been around for 130 years plus and they know how to stay in the game. And they did so by all they did was promote their games. They promoted their games way past their prime and they were still selling. Even when they come out with a new game system, they're still selling like what was it, the GameCube or the Wii came out and they're still selling 3DS games as we're waiting for the uh, place as we're waiting for the Switch even when the Switch came out they were still selling and promoting hard their 3DS games they were selling them and now marketing them for the younger kids to actually have while the adults have the Switch before they came out with the, with the Switch Lite and they still promoted every one of those products hard that's why those those products end up staying relevant and still selling why sony constantly does this all the time i don't know but if this is nothing than a glorified wii controller i may bounce on this because like i said 200 dollars is not that bad of a price point i could compare it to like the nintendo switch because nintendo switch you're paying it's like three four hundred dollars for the oled but you're getting a, it's a, it's a complete console. You know, it's a complete console system and everything. This is just a extended controller, um, with a screen ability in there that actually plays, I believe 4k resolution on there. That's all I'm waiting for. That's all, you know, that's all, that's not a bad thing to have. And here's the thing too, cause there was conversation on, um, that I caught on social media. You know, some people aren't really happy. A few people, when I say some people, it's like a minority of people. I'm not saying, here's the thing. And a lot of people too. When you say some people or people in general, it's never like a majority of people. It's rarely a majority of people. It's only a few people that get, that get notice and exposure online. But there have been, I've reached conversations, minority, vocal minority conversations with people online about there's dissatisfactory of the recent gen console saying that, you know, the resolution and the frame rate doesn't always match up. Like if you want 4k, you got to have it at 30p. If you want, you know, higher performance, you know, 60p, you got to tone the resolution down. Yeah. This I agree on. I think in order for people to really want to invest in the next generation of games, I think it's going to need to combine 60 frames per second with 4k 
if you can accomplish that and, and on top of that making sure that every game looks as great as these as the cutscenes that you have only a few games only a few games captures the 60 frames per second and still looks great horizon forbidden west and god of war are the two games that i can name and i think spider-man as well are the two or three games four games i'm talking miles morales as well are the, are the games that like even in performance mode it still looks like 4k awesome it still looks fantastic some games when you put it in performance mode it doesn't look as good as it did on um in resolution and i don't know if it's again if it's the inability of the developers or is it the hardware and it could be just it could be more to developers than anything like i said when i when you play if you play horizon forbidden west on performance or it looks great on both if you play god of war on performance or resolution it looks great on both performance of course gives you a little bit extra i mean uh resolution i should say gives you a little bit more extra with the ray tracing and all that stuff but it looks great neither or and i played spider-man both spider-man games phenomenal can't wait to play the new one doesn't matter which one i play if i want it to be fast paced i'm gonna play if i want just just i want to love the visuals a little bit more i'll go performance but they both look great no matter what it just comes down to how much how much frame rate do you want the, how much fast-paced fame rate do you want but not all games on the playstation 5 or the xbox series x and s really come off with that same type of deal so um you know we'll see we'll see about that all right give a few highlights of what i thought on this year's gamescom i thought this again jeff Keighley makes his appearance everywhere he did one night um live and they promote they premiered a bunch of previews god this dude is the ryan seacrest of the gaming industry right now no doubt he is absolutely the ryan seacrest of the gaming industry um he's a big threat to e3 and anybody who's trying right now like how he just came from the trenches and now he's bringing his entire like game trailer lifestyle to life by showing all these premieres he's done it like he's run tra gametrailer.com and done the same thing and now he's doing it in a broader aspect you know talk about the one when you talk about the most successful people in g4 it's no doubt nobody's bigger than jeff keighley jeff keighley became the most successful thing to come out of hdnet and g4 bar none and he just came from out out of nowhere with that but he returned to do a lot of different premieres and debuts so we're going to talk about the highlights that i saw from this not i'm not going to announce everything just the highlights because there was a lot to talk about but the ones that stood out for me one robocop rogue city i got to tell you i picked a great time <laughs> to get into uh, to get into first person shooters man because like robocop is probably like the perfect first person shooter game it honestly could be a great you know third person uh shooter or third person action game as well but it's it's perfect for a first person shooter and this is going to be like a single player story driven one it looks really good i'm normally not into the gun toting first person shooters but you know when they're kind of futuristic or you know make-believe type of you know narratives i'm good i can't play call of duty i can't play anything else that just like comes off of real world stuff 
it like that you know i'm just not but you know robocop i could get down with uh cyberpunk i could get down with we're gonna talk about that too <laughs> so um you know it looks good it uh i don't think we had a release date for that um i believe let me see because i did put this on ah here it is here it is do we have i mean it looks fantastic first of all we got all the cat the i believe we got the original cast including robocop himself on air peter walk uh, welker i believe uh or paul i forgot his name forgive me but he he's reprising his role in here doing the voice of robocop it looks fantastic um the story of this looks like they're trying to figure out you know uh robocop's mental health they got a psychologist in this as well um god it looks so good it looks so freaking good and you got ed 209 of course you, you can't have a robocop game without having ed 209 in here um so it shows robocop just going through all these different ventures and you know new guns and everything he's going to work with uh yeah a lot of the cast is back in this game it is going to be on the it's going to be on uh what is it playstation xbox not the switch it like if you look at the res the graphics in here it looks utterly awesome <laughs> it looks insane in this thing so um they don't give a release date for it either it just says put it on the wish list now but xbox steam and playstation will be getting this game for sure so i'm ready for it i'm looking i'm definitely i'm definitely going to cop that game it, it just looks freaking awesome you can't it's perfect for uh first person shooters um another game that was announced during the gamescom event was hellboy web of word uh and it is coming to all systems later this year and hellboy will be voiced by the late great lance reddick who's taken on a role i love the art style of this game it looks exactly like the comics how the comics are illustrated so it's you know the comics are coming to life the fact that it's going to be on a nintendo switch no doubt i'm going to get it from there and we got a release date is coming october 4th the week of new york comic-con so we got our new york comic-con launch right there for that awesome looking forward to it there we also got new news on tekken 8 um that was announced with a release date and a new mold uh announced we're we're now you know street fighter has done its thing street fighter 6 has done its thing with his world tour mode and everything tekken 8 is stepping up as well even though i would have loved them to have a everybody's been waiting for them to do tekken force mode because people love tekken force mode and if you don't know what tekken force mode is tekken force mode is it's just a beat-em-up mode that they've done for years in different variations and tekken force mode has always been a lot of fun it you know puts your characters in a different type of you know predicament and situation and you know in a different play style so it was it, you know I, people were wanting this but we're not getting this this time along with the story mode which is going to focus on both kazuya and jen this time and heihachi is officially dead at least that's what they want us to believe because they did say that tekken 7 was going to be the end of the heihachi uh heihachi mishima storyline and i thought they were just going to completely just get away from the entire kazuya uh mishima uh storyline you know period but now it's jin facing off because uh you know uh his father kazuya so 
now that's the going to be the ongoing storyline so we got that along with new characters from there so we're going to focus on that storyline as the main storyline but along with that we are also having a standalone single player mode story mode very much like world tour where you'll be able to create your own avatar character and traverse around the city competing in Tekken competitions all around so um the what i like about this one and it kind of you know differentiates itself from world tour mode on street fighter 6 is the character creation mode is really just a you know def super deformed anime style of mode that you're going to be able to play kind of reminds me of the xbox avatars but better looking like i used to hate i used to god let me tell you it was one when i did own an xbox i hated those damn avatars for one reason spike churnsoft created a fire pro wrestling game exclusively for xbox and it was the worst thing ever because they it was very limited it wasn't what everybody was used to when you think fire pro wrestling and then on top of that the only characters that you can really create is your avatar and your avatar like it was probably the worst fire pro wrestling game of all time there's no doubt in my mind you cannot convince me there is no anything worse than that game so this kind of reminds me of that but i think it's not going to be as bad in this case so we will see what you won't i don't think you'll be able to do is use your avatar characters to fight against other characters in the way that you can on street fighter 6 whereas street fighter 6 you actually create a actual fighter that can fight against you know the street fighter characters and people all around the entire city so i don't think it's going to be that elaborate but it's going to do something entertaining nonetheless um they also see what from what we see in this new mode you'll be able to unlock new gear and, and new costumes and everything thank god it's not going to be like too much uh dlc selling in this aspect of it at least i hope not um we'll see i mean because you they did have some things that you could buy last time on Tekken 7 but i will defend getting bullet club gear on in the uh in, in the uh Tekken 7 deal was was dope like having my characters wearing bullet club shirts that was awesome so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna dodge it for that uh so the greatest part about this is the release date every year during my birthday era we always have a game that's coming out rather on my birthday or around my birthday this is the new birthday game for me coming january 24th my birthday is january 14th so it's going to be belated gift to myself but that game i'm definitely getting january 24th and hopefully it will come out pre-orders are available right now they all of course got some packages deals and all that stuff that you're going to be able to have as well i didn't really get the information on that uh as well as i did for another game that is coming out very soon so um well you know you can check that out but we'll we, we'll keep an eye on that nonetheless and uh, I'm looking forward to playing Tekken again. It's been a long time. So I hope, here's my thing. I hope they don't make it overly as hard as they did with the, with the, with Tekken 7. Like it was, it was fine. The story mode was dope up until you get to the boss fights and they will murder you. They will murder the, murk the hell out of you through that whole entire thing. So it took like, it took a lot. And I mean a lot of fighting to get to that, to certain points of that uh, story mode. Hopefully it is not that cutthroat with this one, but let's we're continuing with fighting game news is we got Ed Boon who released another Mortal Kombat trailer. He, he was at Germany on the ONL 
you know, uh, stage with Jeff Keighley to announce a new trailer that was revealing new characters and much more. And in this trailer, it was revealed that Shao Kahn, Melina, Sindel, Mataro is back in full form. Now, of course, because this is Liu Kang, Fire God Liu Kang, I should say, I gotta give him respect. This is Fire God Liu Kang rewriting history, if you will. Shao Kahn looks different. He doesn't have a hammer this time. He has an ax. He's still treacherous and cutthroat and bloodthirsty. Um, but it looks like he's not with Sindel in a sense, at least we don't know. Melina, we knew about her situation a little bit, but now she's a fully, she's fully been announced. Mataro was a big surprise. No Goro, but we got Mataro in this world. So that I find that to be interesting. Later in the, later on, the actual, um, the Mortal Kombat social media sites also put out a new character announced. And this one was a shocker. This one, if you're a hardcore Mortal Kombat fan, you know who this character is. Shujinko. That name, if it sounds familiar, he was the character that you played in the Mortal Kombat Deception story mode, which led to another major character that could be coming soon. And it's what is actually said to be one of the most dominant characters in the Mortal Kombat universe. And if they bring him back, I am so hyped for this because I love this character. He was just awesome. I won't say it. If you play it, if you played Mortal Kombat Deceptions, you know who this character is. We've seen him in Armageddon and we've seen him on here. And Armageddon was the final Mortal Kombat before they rewrote, before Mortal Kombat 9, which rewrote the entire, you know, series all over again. Their Days of Future Past uh, game. So I'd love the Mortal Kombat storyline. I mean, if you look back at the history of Mortal Kombat and the storyline, you feel like it feels like they fell off the game, but they really haven't. The story has stayed intact all this time, even when they did, you know, um, Deadly Alliance and then they did Deception and did, you know, Armageddon and everything just went crazy and literally into the world came and then all of a sudden Mortal Kombat 9 comes in and Ed Boon geniusly, gen like like a genius, found a way to rewrite everything and start it all over. And the, using the Days of Future Past type of, you know, formula to rewrite Mortal Kombat leading up to 10 and 11, which now has Luke King re Like, if you look back at the actual story, the story is so awesome. <laughs> the Mortal Kombat. In fact, the story can be argued as stronger, probably one of the strongest narratives in fighting game, you know, in a fighting and fighting game history. I mean, when you look at like games like Dead or Alive, that one's kind of convoluted. You look at games like um Tekken. Tekken is Tekken is actually really intact, but not strong as strongly as Mortal Kombat. And Street Fighter isn't it's always been intact but it's it doesn't hold as strong as mortal kombat in my opinion and i'm a i'm a bigger street fighter fan than i am a mortal kombat fan don't get it twisted but i feel like they they're a little bit loose with their storyline from time to time they the backstories always fit to whatever narrative that they're putting in but mortal kombat story from start to finish has always been strongly intact if you really look back at everything that is going on like you could really follow what's happening from start to finish even with the rewrites there's some connections i mean they're using 
I say Days of Future Past, but they're also doing the DC multiversal type of story aspect too. So a lot of that makes sense to that. And then on top of that, when adding in special guest characters, they weave them into the stories as well. So I think that they're kind of the most successful in terms of story, story and narrative. And honestly, as much as I love Street Fighter VI, this game is looking more and more like it may dethrone Street Fighter VI. Um, the, the story, I think the story is going to be way more intact than what Street Fighter has done. Especially, like I said, I've said this before, that the Street Fighter storyline for six, when you read the comic and you play the game, it doesn't connect. It doesn't necessarily connect as properly or fluid as you want to or expect it to. Like, again, I'm praying that they come out with a even more deeper story mode to make sense of everything that's happening in that universe and not just rely on the world tour mode for that. I hope that they do because that's what Tekken is doing right now. They have a full blown story mode, but then they have this other mode that is, you know, that is on its own as well. But the world tour mode does connect to elements of the story. But when you talk to like people like Ken, Matt, Ken masters or whatnot, he's talking as it was past tense where we haven't even got to see what happened with him being framed or whatever like that. Like, so it, it, it's in a lot of ways it it's disconnected if you will. Cause now you're like, okay, how did you, how did we now all know that, you know, Ken was framed. They kind of buried the lead in all this, in, in, in this whole thing. And the, the, the comic, the manga was only a prelude to this. So now, even when you beat the story mode of world tour, it doesn't answer all the questions of what happened with Ken's situation. It really doesn't. So hopefully we'll see that. But I, right now, man, Mortal Kombat is just getting, the more we see out of Mortal Kombat, the more I'm looking at like, for the first time ever, I think Mortal Kombat is going to dethrone Street Fighter. It just really looks looking like, and we are just literally a few weeks away from the debut of that game of that game i'm so looking forward to playing that i already have it ready for the playstation and the nintendo switch and uh man let's go let's go another game i am so looking forward to shout out to uh, molly flanagan and um her wife lisa by the way feel better lisa if you will she's under the weather so to speak that's all i'm going to say about that but um naruto cross baruto ultimate ninja storm has a release date and i've been waiting for this it is they said it's coming this year and in fact it is it is coming november 17th they also did so by announcing new characters to the mix and i believe because i haven't followed i'm still watching naruto uh, baruto i believe these characters are more connected to the baruto though but we're getting new characters delta boro and koji kashan um from which it's probably come from the Barto universe at this point. And altogether, this is going to be the biggest roster in Ultimate Ninja Storm history. 130 ninjas in this roster that is stemming from the original Naruto series, Naruto Shippuden, and Barto uh, Naruto Generation. It looks fantastic. I'm, of course, getting it on a Switch. I made because, you know, I'm fully supporting a friend, (laughs) 
well, technically for, for those who know her, she's not getting paid. She got paid for this, but she's not getting proceeds from this game. At least to my knowledge, she's not. Um, she's only getting the, she only get the voice, you know, payment for the voices and that's it. She's not getting any residuals or anything from that, which I believe is what they're fighting for in Hollywood right now, stuff like that. Um, the gaming industry is a little bit different from Hollywood. So they have their own deals there, at least for now. So, but I digress. Um, just the fact that, you know, that's my, that's my, that's my bud. That's my, well, you know, that's my anime bud. That's my, you know, my true bud, you know, and you know, if you watch the, if you go to YouTube on my page and you see, um, her, she refers to me as her Philly bud. So, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to this and Amanda C. Miller as well. She's a friend uh, as well. Um, I'm friends with her and her sister, by the way. Uh, I helped her sister with some, with some, you know, help her get her podcast started up as well. And, um, actually got i never really got a chance to use this but it was one of those streaming components but i never got a chance to use it um and uh she's both of them pretty awesome love love the uh the miller family if you will but she'll be on hamper reprising her role as barato as well and uh i'm looking forward to this i may may actually reach out to her get her back on when this comes out actually can she I think she can. I think she actually can. Because what's happening with SAC after is not has nothing to do with the video game industry, even though it is the same thing. If you watch um if you watch the Spider-Man 2 panel at San Diego Comic-Con, Yuri Longthal, also friend, has also you know, he explained that he can attend this panel because it doesn't involve what it's going on at the actor strike the gaming industry has a different situation so i may be able to get her back on to rock this so uh stay tuned for that stay tuned it'd be great to see her on screen and talk to her again you know it'd be awesome so <coughs> excuse me i'll work on that i'll definitely work on it so the game will have of course its standard additions uh you know extra bundle packs if you will so it has like the biggest or, or the most I've ever seen at a bundle. You got your standard edition, which comes with three exclusive costumes, one being Naruto uh, TV anime's 20th anniversary costume, a Naruto uh, costume from the final battle, and Sasuke's TV anime 20th anniversary costume. Then there's the deluxe uh, edition, which will have those same costumes along with a maskless Kakashi for the first time ever. We will see Kakashi without a mask. I've never, we they've been playing around with this for so long and we're finally gonna see this. It's crazy. Naruto, Great Ninja War, uh, the end of, of that, we're gonna get that costume and five playable characters from that. Ultimate Edition will have all of the deluxe editions on there, plus five costumes and two accessories. The Collector's Edition is gonna have all of the ultimate and deluxe content, plus two physical actual figurines of naruto and sasuke on air i'm always wary about those things because it depends on who made those those figurines and the statues and whatnot I, I i talk about this all the time marvel versus capcom infinite when they came out i don't know why but they were i i think capcom was budgeting at the time 
Capcom has lost some, a lot of steam over the years because they haven't been producing, you know, games like they have before. And you could tell one of which was Marvel versus Capcom Infinite. I particularly didn't mind the game. It wasn't the best Marvel series, Marvel versus game we've ever played. Um, they at least gave us a story mode to play with on that note, but they also had their exclusive bundle edition as well. And one of which consisted of having the infinity stones and on the advertisement, this is why I love and hate my, my, my career as a graphic designer, because you can manipulate, you can use it for great, you know, good and evil. The advertisement made the infinity stones look like they were actual crystals and whatnot. And then followed by, you would also get the, the statue, the figurine statue of miss of uh, captain Marvel. So one of our old co-hosts end up getting the, the pack. I went digital with it because I don't normally get that stuff. And some of it is good and some of it is, you know, hit or miss. This one was a big miss. He got it. Those infinity stones look like those plastic, like eggs that you get from a vending machine at a local store that you crack open. I'm not joking. It looked exactly like that. It just, it, it looked nothing. And I mean, nothing like what they showed and advertised. I would have been pissed. Um, like literally, cause they made it look like it was crystal or some type of, you know, see-through type of translucent or transparent type of material. No, this was hard plastic. I would have been pissed on top of that. The captain Marvel statue looked nothing like the anime statue figurine statue that they had in the advertisement. It looked horrible. I would have been so furious with Capcom over that. And they, to me, that was just, I'm always a little bit skeptical about that, but I will say that was a long time ago and they've gotten much better with these figurines. Now, I think mostly thank you to Bandai toys who, you know, Bandai Banpresto, you know, if you get guys like that to do your stuff, it is going to look absolutely like it. I, I am a big fan of Banpresto statues and figurines and statues and stuff like that because they look exactly like they animated i got a few of them here i got um ultra instinct goku i got beast gohan um or before he becomes beast gohan i got naruto and baruto right here and um and uh bakugo and and uh deku as well from uh world heroes missions or world mission heroes if you will on here and they look exactly alike so you know, if you're going to go there, make sure that they look exactly like or where they who's making them, you know, at best. So you got that. And then on top of that, they have a premium collector's edition, which gives you all of the collector's edition stuff and everything from everything, plus a special collector's inlay, an exclusive scroll, which has an illustration of all the um, Naruto characters that ever came. Collectible cards, uh, six collectible cards a still book plus the figurines and all the digital content from there. That is an insanely amount of content. I don't know how much that stuff is. I got to look into it. Um, but if you're getting all like, if you get that plus digital, I may jump on that because the only reason why I don't jump on any of that stuff is because it includes buying the physical copy and I don't need the physical copy. So, cause I'm already going to get the digital version, but if I can get the digital, but also get that stuff too, I may jump on on that. So I'm going to keep an eye on that and see what happens from there. And, uh, 
I may go for it. So we'll see. But um, that's pretty much everything that we that I highlighted from Gamescom from there. So there you have it. I, there was plenty more to talk about there and a lot of things that you may have liked um, in there. But I would I, this whole entire episode would have taken all day if I would have done that. So um, I'm just going to stop it right there. And we're going to take a break, come back and talk about Immortals of Aviom and what I think about this first person uh, single player experience. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time live.com talktomlive.com provides all of our acmg content with new and previous episodes exclusive interviews articles and much more visit talktomlive.com and let us help you learn to let go live life and love all things acmg talk time live You have reached the final stage of this program, and I am here to review Immortals of Avium, which is developed by Ascendant Studios, published by EA, aka Electronic Arts, or what I like to call them, evil assholes every once in a while. And it is a first-person shooter, single-player experience that you can play on the PlayStation 5, which I played it on, but is also available for Xbox and PC Steam as well. So, as always, we're gonna go by the grading scale of this. We're gonna review it based on the following. Originality, overall graphics, sound and music, gameplay, fun factor, replay value, actor performances, and story. Now, I'm gonna change things around just a little bit. I'm gonna talk about stories first from now on because it just really makes sense that I talk about stories, but in the grading system, I will still grade it as, you know, the final, you know, grade for that as well from here. So. I wanted to check this game out because I've been having a recent enjoyment of first person shooter games, which is something I have not ever really had for years on in, in, in gaming. Like I treated first person shooters as if I was eating Brussels sprouts or I was eating solids or whatever like that. And, you know, I grew up hating to eat solid uh, solids, you know, and now, you know, I'm older, a little bit more mature and I matured into different foods that I would never eat before. Like I've never eat Brussels sprouts. And the only time I eat them now is if I'm in a, you know, a high end restaurant that knows how to cook them properly. Shout out to Sam Pan <laughs> here in Philadelphia, which is like a fusion restaurant here in Philadelphia. I took Molly um, Flanagan, you know, to that place twice. And, and then Molly and Lisa twice with that. And um, is they were awesome both times, but they cook the best Brussels sprouts I've ever had because I hate it. 
I hated Brussels sprouts. I still do to an extent, but I will eat theirs. So, and anybody who makes it like them. So, and it usually has to be high-end restaurants that actually make that. But I digress. In the world of gaming, the proverbial Brussels sprouts in this case is first-person shooters. I would be mostly because it was the online aspect. The only time I've ever seen first-person shooters being uh, enjoyed was when people played it online. And I suck at online FPS games. I suck. I think I'm a little better now because I recently played, well, I played Overwatch recently, but it was a team effort. It wasn't competition. It was against, it was against uh, AI PVEs, if you will. So it was a little easier to get through because I had a team of people back me up and I was backing people up. But let it be a competition to eSport, if you will. I'm the first one out. <laughs> so it was less to be desired and enjoyable for me in that aspect. Plus, I was always into games where you could see the actual form of the person, not like just a first person view. I always thought like I can't play God of War in first person view. I think that would be terrible because you want to see Kratos just go crazy and go ham on somebody and go reckless and roughhouse on a whole group of people. You want to see Spider-Man swing into the world and beat enemies and all this stuff like i'm now down with first person shooters but i'm still like third person shooters and side scrollers more than anything like the whole entire i was one of those people like when when metroid prime first came out and that series came out i was not down with that i was like i grew up watching samus do all these crazy awesome flips to now we just get to see her like her eye view and just shoot, like i didn't see any fun in that but now that i matured into the genre i now get it and you guys remember i played metroid prom earlier absolutely enjoyed it and um it was you know it was a fantastic experience i get now what people loved about it but what made it more enjoyable is the single player experience and i give credit to ghostwire tokyo as the one that really brought me in for some reason because and the other thing is i don't like all of the like the real world aspects of first person shooters. Like I will never play Call of Duty. Cause to me, it like if you're in the army, that's like a simulation to you. So I can see people in the army playing, but that to me also disturbs me in the sense it's like, you need to get out of that mode and get back into the real world. What people go through in the military is no joke. It's not a game. It is, it is absolutely like a mentally taxing experience that playing the game doesn't even justify. And if, if the games really captured that experience, I don't think I, I would be, I would bet that a lot of people actually wouldn't play it. And I also bet there would be a lot more mental health issues than it is now. And there's a lot now. So stuff like that, like games like, you know, uh, Grand Theft Auto, I don't play games that I, 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 you know, based on real world situations. I just like it. No, it's not that, that that stuff is not fun to me. I like out of this world type of situation. And that's where Tokyo um, Ghostwire Tokyo came in because it's like this is obviously fiction. This is obviously supernatural, not real to that extent. At least we don't know. And I really, really, and you know, enjoyed being able to use my hands at, you know, with to have supernatural abilities and powers. And I like just how the story went and the narrative went. So that really eased me in to now me kind of going full forth, you know, full, um, 
force with the entire genre but i will say i will still never play multiplayer online i prefer the single player online experiences and when immortals of avium was announced and i saw this and i'm like okay this may be another one i'm into because now it's it's a shooter but it involves you using powers in this really fictitious world and sci-fi environment like i i i dig this i you know and you know not to mention there's a few actors in here that i um enjoyed in here that I, I was like all right cool this is really bringing it in and it looks awesome my only thing was like it was done by ea and i you i would had i had a thing against ea for quite for a few years because of how they handled their staff and and company and everything and it felt like it seems like they've gotten a lot better at that and also I didn't like them because they the the new loot crate you know situation that they were doing for certain games and all the stuff but lately they've you know they've gotten out of that format we now have the star wars games star wars uh last jedi or jedi survivor i should say was fantastic it was one of the best ea games i've played in years and now ea came out with this i'm like all right i gave them a chance with star wars um jedi survivor let me give them a chance here i'm i'm getting slowly back into the ea thing and gotta say i very much enjoyed this game overall enjoyed this game um a lot it has a lot of great personality to it a lot of great character uh development story development and the 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 play mechanics and the control scheme are actually great too it's very familiar you know i mentioned ghostwire tokyo there's some similarities to that but let's talk about it we're going to start with the story of this real quick and immortals of avion tells the story of jack jak like ratchet uh, like jack and dexter it tells the story about jack who joins an elite group of battle mages set to save the world from a powerful threat a threat that has destroyed jack's past leading him to becoming a more powerful you become powerful enough to seek revenge while also stopping the world from ending in its own way so that's pretty much the gist of it and there's some loops and angles that i'm not going to spoil here you got to play this game for yourself but the story is it, it really picks up it really stays uh intact and, and stable and you know you're gonna like this game it, it's it's really cool so um in terms of originality it's a first person gameplay is like very similar to ghostwire tokyo on how they do their you know their weapon uh system so to speak um with a story very familiar to those who watch you know shows on a sci-fi network the whole narrative the, the the dialogue everything it just reminds me of like really awesome shows that you get that you watch on that network from time to time graphics i give it a 90 percent and that's only because and i normally don't give away the, the percentage but it's beautiful it is very well detailed it's fantastic when on resolution mode on performance mode it doesn't look as appealing and we talked about this in the last segment about how some games on the playstation 5 and the xbox looks good when it's you on performance or resolution mode but in this case it didn't when it was on performance mode it didn't look as appealing and i was trying to figure out like in the options like wait does this thing even have a performance mode i don't know why they did this but they have something called 
colorblind mode, whereas like they turn it off so you can get the performance mode aspect to it. But the performance mode just doesn't make it look good. So if you put it on the colorblind features, which it gives you a different filter look to it, then it looks a little better and it, look, it gets even better looking as you, you know, assimilate into the game more and down the line. So I opted off of the of the performance mode, if you will, and just went on for that because it just didn't look good at all. Like when you go to the cutscenes and everything, it just the lighting just looked off and the lighting and the shadowing looked off on there and it just didn't do it for me in a sense. But once you put it on the before, you know, the resolution mode or the colorblind mode, it, it, it really helps it out from there. Sound and music, uh, really solid, you know, orchestrated scores that blends in with the experience, but yet it really doesn't stand out and you don't remember, you don't even realize it as you're going. It just, it, it sounds very like your normal, typical theatrical dramatics, uh, you know, musical score from there. Uh, gameplay much similar. Like I said, much similar to Ghostwire Tokyo here, where you have three types of magical powers based on color schemes. The each color provides a different type of style like red magic is a very powerful and destructive blast that can take out you know a few enemies at a time think of this as a cannon you know a normal cannon you know weapon uh the blue magic giving you the ability to, for uh for beams and blasts with precision um you can also you know for, form a javelin a light energy javelin that you could throw this is more like the sniper type of you know uh this magic will be resemblance of a sniper rifle, if you are or just a normal automatic, you know, or normal gun, if you will. Green magic uh, spells that provide a really more a, a, a fast pace, you know, uh, precision shots, more like machine guns. It also has attacks that provide like heat seeking type of abilities as well. Um, you also have more powerful attacks that provide major damage to enemies in here as well that you you know, gain throughout the entire story narrative. And that's the thing you like, you, you can upgrade. There's a lot of upgradable, you know, customizable aspects. You can, you know, craft and upgrade your weapons at all times to be even more powerful than before, which really takes out enemies at that point. Um, when you do the more powerful attacks, you can only do them for so long. Of course, use it one time. You got to use it sparingly because you only get a few seconds to get it back. And once you do that, you know, you can do it again. So you got to strategize it. it. It gives you a handicap, if you will, to be able to maneuver and use it at the right time. And, you know, the great part about this is that, of course, with this type of gameplay is they allow you to play the way you want. So it, it won't be so uberly hard for you. It, it welcomes new players so you could learn how to you know, maneuver over everything and get it from there. You also are giving a skill tree system uh, to help modify the increase Jack's abilities and powers um, along with the crafting and upgrading of the, you know, gauntlet weapon that he has. Um, you also have objects that will help you traverse through maps too. Uh, one that helps you grapple, another one that helps you uh, create, shoot beams out from afar. Um, and another one that helps slow time a bit. So it was just really awesome, you know, elements that you have to get through battles and everything. It's really cool. My only neg, oh, excuse me. Oh my goodness. My only negative to this is having Jack walk around 
with his hand out at all times, which feels ridiculous for the most part. Like I play Ghostwire Tokyo and the cool part about this is that there's two things that's cool about this. I believe one is that he doesn't, that character doesn't have his, his hand out all the time, even in times when he's not in danger, but even when he's like, no matter where he is, whether he's back at the hall or he's out there, he just has his hand sticking out. I think this is like unrealistic to have your hand out. Like you're going to attack at every single moment. The only time he doesn't is when he, when he talks to other people or have cutscenes. But other than that, it's like, you don't need to put it out and let just wait until you start shooting at people. That's it. Like, I really wish they didn't do that. And he only got that one arm, the right arm out. And then every once in a while, he'll have the left hand out for all the other, um, you know, trinkets that he has and all this stuff. But that to me is just, it, it always takes me out. It's like, and you can see the shadow, his shadow of him just having his hand out. It's like, how long can you have your hand out like that every single time? You know, I wish they would allow some realistic aspects to that. And also the other part that I found that was negative is not being able to climb using your hands when reaching to the edge of a platform or whatever. It's just like disappointing. You have the ability to do double jumps and a levitational, you know, ability that you could glide, you know, to a certain area, but you can't for some reason, like just use your hands to climb up the same hand that you use to stick your hand out every single time. You can't use that to climb up. This reminds me of the limitations of horizon for uh, zero dawn and forbidden west is that like it's a great game but when you try to compare it to that of breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom it's limited because you can't travel and traverse through different areas the same way and you should especially considering that you're supposed to be a, a much more powerful game and processing game than than the zelda series than the breath of the wild and T tears of the kingdom yet aloy can't climb worth crap you know it, it, you, it, it that that part i don't understand like she can't she could she could climb certain aspects but not in a way not freely like like lincoln lincoln climb anything in every anywhere he wants to do aloy has to have has to be at a certain spot where you, you know there's certain marks and everything that she could climb which kind of limits the the experience to me this is kind of the same thing I mean, it's a minor thing, but it's not, it doesn't take away from this situation. I just feel like, you know, they should, oh, oh, Cyberpunk 20, uh, 2077 does that too. You, you could climb anywhere. You can use, like, it doesn't have its hands out all the time. It gives you a real world type of feel in a sci-fi world. You could climb using your hands and all the stuff in that game, like stuff like that. Like this one just felt like they, that's, I don't understand how they missed that part out. So it's minor. It doesn't take away, but it's just one of those things. Like it's just little small attention to detail situations that I wish they would have had on here. Replay value. Totally hundred percent. You know, with everything, with the little negative that I gave right there, doesn't pale in comparison to the fun of the combat. The combat is just so much fun. The story is so great. Um, the characters are a lot of fun to have and, and, and really colorful, uh, charismatic group to have. And it's just really cool. And you know, which leads to the actor's performances. Jack, played by Darren Barnett, I think is awesome. Um, he's a very he's he comes off as very charismatic on screen. He's serious at one point, but he won't hesitate to make a lighthearted joke or you know, try to lighten the mood up every once in a while from a really hard situation. But 
he he has a range of different type of emotions throughout the time and he does that sparingly he knows when to be serious he knows when to be angry he knows when to um he knows when he knows when to be like to, to, he knows when to be when to be let's just put it like that and i like his character a lot i like the backstory behind him the fact that you know he's a kid that you know he didn't want he didn't really want to be in a war his friend wanted to be in a war he she wanted to be a part of the immortals she wanted to be among the elite and then something happened where it involves the main character sandrak and destroyed his whole entire family that led him to me end up meeting kirkin played by gina torres the one and only gina torres um who's you know we know from firefly and matrix which would not you know nine one um was nine one and a whole bunch of other things um she comes in and she is the general uh of the grand Mag uh, magnus of the immortals and she finds him notice that he actually has a particular type of power an unstable amount of power and she's rather gives him two choices to destroy to, to um to die because he's too dangerous or to be among the ranks of you know the immortals to try to you know earn your way up there and maintain your power to keep it from doing what it was destined to do so you have that um you also had Devin, who uh is basically sort of like the comic relief for the, the you know of the of the group in here um he's kind of like the the uh you know ride or die you know dude with you but he could be goofy at times and he doesn't he doesn't understand certain cues or certain social cues every once in a while so he can be a little bit embarrassing at points but when the time comes he's always there and he's always you know serious with you zendara played by oh by the way antonio uh akil plays uh devin uh zendaria who uh is played by lily coles really like this character i honestly kind of wanted you know jack and zendara to hook up in some formal way so will they will they we know i won't leave that out but um she's like this amaz like just really large amazonian type of character that doesn't trust jack or the or his kind and when i say his kind is like basically people with the type of power that he has because he has the ability to use both red green and blue magic whereas everybody else can only use one of each just one or the other um so that she to her makes her a threat based on something that happened to her in her past from that point as well so there that there that situation is and then you have sandrak who's played by stephen brand and um he's a pretty great he's a pretty great villain you'll you'll enjoy his like he's like i talked about on um the blue beetle review about susan sarandon and how she portrayed like as great as an actor she was i don't know I felt like she was as great as a a villain as uh angela bassett was great it was as great of amanda um wallace on green uh green lantern like it was it was not that good like and again when i think about angela bassett when she was on green lantern and angela bassett on blue beetle it's kind of the same thing but this one he totally made me believe he was a great villain i i enjoyed his uh villainy if you will his antagonist uh his antagonism if you will and uh you'll you'll like him he plays as a good antagonist to jack's protagonist you know antics as well and then you got the hand who 
they don't reveal who plays this part, but I cannot tell you any more about this character because knowing about this character is a very deep character in this story. So just know that this, this character named a hand. And first of all, the costume is dope. And actually all of the, the, the entire costume design of everybody on this game. I love the costume design. I love how they, everything, the, 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 the costume design, the environment, everything. It just looks so beautiful. It really looks like it takes you out of the world and you know, it's really awesome. But the performances I thought were really well done here. You got top grade actors in this deal. So overall, let's go down the line. What we got kind of spoiled and revealed one of the percentages that I have for let's give it here. Let me move up originality. I gave, uh, where am I? Where am I? Here we go. Originally, I gave it an 85%. Nothing new that I haven't seen before, but still really good. You know, if you can't reinvent the wheel, you got to make it a solid. Overall graphics and visuals. Um, if, you know, in terms of like visual design, awesome. In terms of animation and, and such like that, it's, that's a thing. The animation, the, um, like I said, in performance mode, it doesn't look as good unless you put in the filters in there, but visually it looks beautiful. The texture design, the textures of the face and you know, the hair and the costume designs and everything looks fantastic in here. So I gave it a 90% only because of the, of resolution mode. Once it's in resolution, I mean, uh, in performance mode, it doesn't look as great. And, um, we, mostly because the lighting just doesn't look, it, it just look, it, it really, I don't know, maybe in an upgrade or two, it'll make it look better or a patch or two to make it look better. Well, I don't know, but it looks great once you put it on performance. I mean, on resolution mode or colorblind mode, if you will. Um, Sound of Music 85. Like I said, it was like 85%. It basically, I don't remember. It doesn't stick to my head like some other, you know, game, um, you know, music, musical scores would. Like Final Fantasy uh, 16. Very memorable musical score any final fantasy <laughs> game is a very memorable memorable musical score this one just it was great but it was just there too gameplay uh gave it 90 percent uh fun factor 100 percent replay value and a 90 percent for the gameplay i think is because of the uh negatives that i gave for that as well uh fun factor 100 percent overall uh replay value definitely 100 percent actor performance is 100 percent story i gave it a 90 like I said, it wasn't anything revolutionary. It's good. It's not the greatest thing, but it's a very enjoyable story with some very enjoyable cast. Um, all in all, the points scores lead up to tally up to 370.0, which leads to a 92.5 percentage, which leads to a A minus. And I think that's very respectable at best. It's above average, but not groundbreaking at best. Like this is a, to me, I'm not the biggest first person shooter fan, but like as a casual first person shooter gamer, I think this is one of those games that I think first timers can play. Like I would recommend this and recommend Ghostwire Tokyo as a first time, you know, game to play for anybody who like, if you're hardcore like that, yeah, I can see you not giving it any as much praise as I'm giving it, but I'm talking from a casual experience. Like this is like a great first person, a great first FPS game for you to play that you can enjoy and you'll love the um, the story and the atmosphere and everything going on in environments and things like that. So 
a minus for me and uh go anyway check it out so folks that will do it once again for this episode of talk time live like i said um russell quest i may do that with boris this week on the uh wrestling or um rampage ramble podcast where sunday night's main event on tsn radio so if not I will just send that over to next week's episode. I still may continue my conversation about Russell Quest on that and my thoughts on that game as well. Um, but stay tuned for that. This Sunday, I mentioned this before, Asuka, I will be reviewing the first two episodes as well as Baki. Baki is back with its second uh, half of the season. And is he going to fight his father finally? Is this actually going to happen? We'll get down to all that no doubt and of course this week is all in so if you're a wrestling fan guys let's enjoy it let's also pay our respects to the ones that have just left us here um it's going to be a very this is going to be arranged from a very fun and a very emotional weekend for wrestling fans so shout out to all you out there and more power to you let's get it done let's get it popping let's have a great time doing it if you like this episode and all episodes of talk time live please visit our official website at talktimelive.com where you can check out all of our audio episodes all of our video exclusive editions as well as you know blog content and much more some of my repop panels that i did there you can check out with the cast of bleach the cast of sailor moon the cast of my hero academia and you know I say this all the time, but I don't really, one of these days I got to stop and just look back at a lot of that because when you need to re-energize yourself and you're, you're, you're constantly on the go trying to keep it moving and keep it popping, you forget to stop and look back at what you did and the path that you made. Exactly. And I thought, and I feel like it's, it's time that we uh that you do that every once in a while if you're like me and you're putting on the grind and all that stuff stop every once in a while and look back at what you did and from a psychological standpoint it does help you it really does help re-energize you and realize what you've done what you're capable of doing and what you're looking to do in the next journey in the next chapter of your life so when you think that things aren't going well or you haven't done anything stop and look back at what you've done so far that is the best, best advice I could give you. And trust me, you will look back and like, damn, I did all this. Let's see what I could do now and what I could do next. But I'll leave it at that from there. So folks, check us out. If you uh, want to check us out audio wise and never miss a beat, you could subscribe and download to wherever podcasts are played. That's of course, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, pocket cash you name it we are there we're in some new platforms as well so you can check us out there as well just type in acmg presents talk time live it should pop up you should see my face with the master sword on air as well if you want to follow me on instagram and threads at dax xavier underscore josiah if you want to join our new facebook group our new acmg facebook group go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash acmg2 and you'll find us there if you're a part of the old crew and you're looking for us check us out there and in fact you know what honestly i need to put that on a website for people who are probably trying to search we had a few old members find us and you know thank you to everybody who really searched for us 
because it's hard to really tell everybody that of what happened and how this the old site got hacked and stuff like that so finding us god bless you thank you and thank you for the support of doing that so please check us out there and all those platforms and let's keep it going and keep it growing people that will do it for me on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live i am out of here take care and have a great wrestling weekend people Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.